0: Postal gamer looks to take down GameStop, social gamers pay mostly for cheats, and Activision finally delivers some good news about Modern Warfare 3. All that plus more on today's MASHCast. manager
1: and high priest of the church of jedi rob hill williams i don't even have a response that's so high <laughs> i'm okay with being a jedi uh, my lightsaber is the one that says bad motherfucker on it <laughs> you sure samuel didn't have that one i i don't i'm pretty sure he didn't <laughs> not the star wars i watched
0: yeah, uh, w- welcome back, Rob. It's, you've been gone for two episodes. I
1: know, and it's so sad. I hate missing it, but, you know, sometimes, you know, life and whatnot. <laughs> Wait, the, the, the podcast is life. It is It is life. It is the water of life, and I. Am, that's why I'm sad to have been away from it.
0: Uh-huh. And uh, as we told you last week, Nick will not be with us because he's off having <laughs> fun somewhere. So, whatever. Screw Nick.
1: Uh, yeah, all, all up in some tropical paradises and whatnot. We don't need you anyway. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But we'll see you in two weeks. <laughs> but yeah. um let's uh let's kinda get into it. Rob, what what have you been
1: playing? Uh A twelve. Um which I guess is a surprise because, you know, there's you never hear us talk about sports games ever. But I, I do play them. Um NCAA 12 is pretty good. There will be a review soon, and I've also been playing Catherine, uh, which everything you've heard about it is right. It's it's good, but it's also very very different, um, and doesn't really deal with the normal idea of like what a game is. You know, it's a puzzle game mostly, but the other aspect of it the relationships and stuff isn't is not what you normally not what you normally get out of a game it's interesting and uh bastion which i'm very i'm still early in but it's uh excellent so far so that has been it okay
0: yeah about i'm in bastion i'm i guess you could call i'm in the second half well they i may be i may be in the second part i don't know if there's a third part to it but like from what i can gather is two parts you you do xyz for a while and then have to do 1 2 3 and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in the 1 2 3 portion it's good all the way pretty much i haven't beaten it but all the way uh, to what i've been playing it's it was hard to put down <laughs> trust me <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to put down yeah it's addicting. Um, yeah you
1: know, start getting you know the well the bastion and you know start getting the to, to place things and and do do stuff with the world and then it's it's interesting yeah and the gameplay is just good too
0: one thing I want to note about Bastion that I thought was interesting like there is no real difficulty setting in the game however did you get to the part with the gods yet like the uh the temples Uh, because it's not a temple sorry it's not a temple I forget what they call it but it has like these 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 uh these statues for the gods.
1: Oh yeah, when you walk and like the statues kind of line up the hall or is it somewhere no, else? No, this is something else. Okay. Like, and I'm not there yet then. Okay.
0: Yeah, basically it's like when you invoke a spirit of a god in the game, it makes something in the game like something in the game harder. Like if you invoke one specific god, it be like now all enemies will attack faster. Now a d- different god is now all enemies will uh you know, uh, uh, be stronger, you know, stuff like that. So you can make the game more uh, difficult if you so want you to. So you can kind of,
1: yeah, you can mess with the the setting if you if you deem it, you know, necessary. Exactly. That's, that's good.
0: So it's actually pretty cool. But um, other than Bastion, I've been playing Toy Soldiers Cold War. Uh, very interesting. Like, I mean, I knew about Toy Soldiers before, and I played the demo for the previous Toy Soldiers game, and I thought it was all right, but I didn't think it was all right enough to buy it. But uh, this one I bought, and I've been playing it, and I honestly had a hard time, like, stopping. Like, I'm like, okay, well, I'll just play a little bit into this level and then stop. No, it doesn't work that way. It's actually, <laughs> it's really cool, and you really, you can't, it's not a RTS. It's not a third-person shooter. It's not a shooter, well, you can't say it's a shooter. Um, you can't even say it's really a strategy game you know what I'm saying that's the thing like it's it's all those mixed into one it's it's very own game and it's very cool the way they did it um started playing Ikaruga again <laughs> and I didn't just play it I played it on hard <laughs> oh this guy yeah kind of boss yeah, well, it's so. going hard in the paint. He yeah, he well,
1: gets them back to those games. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the thing is, the reason I played them hard is because I'm thinking about starting like a, a video segment of me playing very difficult games. You know, stuff that the, that 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 the average mortal can't beat.
1: That's you know, right, and and get ready for that that catchphrase, "I like a boss," because I, I saw his preview for <laughs> Aces of the Galaxy. "I like a boss" gets said a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was handling those enemies like a I know. boss. You are. I was like, oh, boss is on screen. Oh, boss is dead. Like, wow, that didn't even take two seconds.
0: <laughs> there you go. That's that's how that works. That's how they roll in J-Town. You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> Jamestown, I love that game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, so we'll see what happens with that. But also, we were also playing Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, me, and another staff member, uh, John Harris. And we were actually playing that because we kinda want to do like a co op segment. And we didn't even put that game on hard, but it was so difficult that we weren't talking during the segment. We were too busy concentrating on beating up the enemy. So
1: Very yeah, uh, it's very old school that way. <laughs> yeah,
0: seriously. We didn't have time to chit chat and all that stuff. It just didn't work out. So <laughs> that's kind of the problem having with the Ikaruga video on hard. I really like if i talk i die <laughs> that's the thing so we'll see what happens with those but yeah, that's what i've been playing um but uh it's uh let's get into the topics because we have quite a few to cover
1: yeah um, a lot of, little, little bite-sized chunks to spew at you guys yeah yeah
0: <laughs> so usually i like to save rage for the end of the podcast um and i'm not talking about the game i'm talking about anger um but now, since this, since this is number 18, we're going to have Rage in the beginning and the end of the podcast.
1: Rage <laughs> all over.
0: Rage all over. And we're going to start with Age of Empires Online. A game that I'm not even going to play. But this business model is what's pissing me off, okay? Yeah, because it's
1: becoming a thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, so basically, you know, Age of Empires is... Online is free to play, alright? So that means you get the game for free, but if you want to buy items and stuff like that in the game, and since this is like a, I guess, an RTS game, um, it's not Farmville, but it's in the vein of, of Farmville, I guess you can say, where, you know, processes take time. You know, uh, you can buy items and stuff like that. Make things run faster and get you rare items and stuff like that. But that's not really what I'm mad about. What I am mad about is the fact that you can buy this thing called the Season Pass. It costs $100. And it gives you access to all premium content in the game. I'm like, okay, you got the game for free. That, I can deal with that. I can deal with that $100 for all premium content. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of it. Okay, what I don't like is the fact that pass only lasts for six months. So you pay a hundred dollars only to get six months of access to this stuff. What? Uh-huh? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, are yeah. you serious? Like you've got to be kidding me. Like uh, that's that's easily two. It's two hundred dollars a year if you want to do that. Now, now before and you- that's just
1: assuming and like really like. What's the guarantee that you get a certain amount of DLC within that six months either? Is like that's another thing that bugs me now that I'm thinking about it more. Like, not just the fact that like it's only six months, but it's like what the heck is the guarantee when like you usually have, you know, companies put out DLC like every three months, maybe? You know, like what's the guarantee that you get your money's worth out of that? Which I don't think is possible to get your money's worth out of six months of D L C but you know, maybe I'm wrong. But like where's the guarantee for that? It's just it's silly it's kinda silly to me. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it really is. I mean, because even if you think about if if they went with a with a standard model for like an online game, you're talking at the max fifteen dollars a month. And for a game like this, this game would not be worth fifteen dollars a month because it doesn't offer you the same things that a regular MMO does. But let's say they went on the on the high end and it was fifteen dollars a month. Okay, that would still only be one eighty for the year. Right. You know, that would be one eighty for the year. And now you're paying, and that's that's. I guess stuff that you get to keep, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not necessarily paying for microtransactions, you know? Right. Um, this only lasts for six months and you lose access to all that stuff. So, I mean, if you start playing with that stuff, you're, you're hooked. I can't... You're, like, there's no way you're going to go back to the old way of doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to go back to using cassette tapes in my car. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like... That once you're in, you're in. And of course, yes, I know you're saying, but you don't have to do it. The problem with that is, yes, I understand you don't have to do it, but when stuff like this happens, what the publishers like to do is put the stuff, the normal-use stuff, not even like the high-end stuff, the normal-use stuff, that'll just make game playing a pleasant experience behind that gate.
1: And Age of Empires has already done it. You only get two civilizations or empires to start with. So it's like, really? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, that's barely a game. So it's like you almost need to buy, you know, stuff. And either you have to sit there and wait and look and pick, you know, between things and hope that the prices aren't really stupid, like, you know, $10 for a civil, you know, an empire or something like that. Because then I'll, you're like, well, I might as well do the season pass because at least then I get the game and pray that it's not one of those, you know, season pass deals where Where, you know, you you hit it as long as you have the season pass. But, you know, after after that six months runs up, like, that's it for your DLC. Like, I don't see them doing that. But, like, companies have been known to, you know, kind of not only put it behind a wall. But then, like, make you keep paying to not have that wall up if you're going to you know, get access to everything.
0: Exactly. These free-to-play models, you know, with the with the exception of a few games, these free-to-play models, they just rape your wallet. They, they, that's what they do. They're there to rape your wallet. Like, it is, in my in my opinion, it is not consumer-friendly. You know what no, I'm saying? Not
1: at all. Like, you're ba- it's not even, like, a question of, like, man, should I do this or should I not do this? Like, it's a question of, like, I'm not going to play this game because there's just no reason exactly. <laughs> to deal with that. Yeah. I don't
0: even want to try it out because I know that they're hiding premium content behind this wall. What's the point? You know? Yeah,
1: and it, and there'll always be something else. That's the thing. Like it's not it's not like that six months will cover you. Even if, if you get to keep the stuff, that six months isn't going to do it. You're gonna, they're going to have something else that's going to be, you know, either like exorbitant as far as DLC prices go, or something else that's important to a gameplay experience that's going to be behind another wall in the next six months. Yeah. So it, there's just too many, like, it's too much wishy-washiness in the middle about the, you know, about what you're paying and what you're getting. What you're paying is just, it's kind of silly anyway. Like, just give somebody at least a full game for like a normal price, and then did, do DLC afterwards. Doesn't make any sense to me to do it this way.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, a, I'm well, it a, makes a, sense to them. that's money. Exactly, as I'm saying, like it makes sense to them because it's more money. But uh, it is not. It's treating their consumer like, well, I should say, it's treating your player like a consumer, which I mean, the player is a consumer, but it's just not consumer friendly at all. But yeah, I mean, I have nothing good to say about that, so I am going to move on. <laughs> um, there is a a new sheriff. Oh, not a new sheriff in town. A new challenger has arrived. There we go. That, <laughs> that's that's a, right.
1: New Challenger has... There been we here. go. That, that's that's
0: <laughs> a better way to put it in terms of the used game market. Um, we've talked about it several times over that the used game market is actually worse for uh, for gaming than... You know piracy at this point, especially for console games, uh, and that's because there is no—you know—the publishers and developers don't get a cut of the secondhand expenses. Well, there is a new company. I don't know if the company is called Postal Gamer or not, uh, or if it's just a service of the Game Gavel Network. I think it's just a service of the Game Gavel Network.
1: Yeah, I think that's just the the thing it's under. But I mean, I can imagine that Postal Gamer will be the you know the name when it gets down yeah. to it. Yeah, it sounds other.
0: like you know when you say Postal Gamer, it sounds like a, a crazy gamer going and kill everybody, but it's actually the name of a service where, uh, this this service, they're going to not only sell second-hand games via Netflix style, like, you know, put the game in an envelope, trade it in like that but people have done that before but the difference with these guys is that they are going to be uh they're going to give a cut to the developer or to the publisher and in exchange for the i guess for the for the money they're getting back they uh they want the publishers to help them promote the service like by putting the envelopes in the games themselves and now there's some reasons why the publishers aren't necessarily keen on that, and we'll get that to a little bit, but just to give you a little back history on who's starting this. Uh, the CEO's name is Mike Kennedy, and his business partner is Steve Sawyer. Mike Kennedy, you may have heard his name before. I mean, I've never used the GameGavel service before, but, uh, you know, some of you may have. Well, GameGavel.com is, is basically it's an alternative to eBay, but specifically for game trades. Um, Mike, he made it because he was tired of the, the high-priced was the high fees on ebay so he made uh game gavel and a couple other websites besides that um steve was one of his employees for game gavel and he came up with this idea like hey you should look into getting into the game trade service and maybe give cuts to the publishers and they um i guess they they pushed forward with that and came up with this postal gamer service uh and then, like i said for exchange in exchange for getting a cut of the of the secondhand games market uh they want the developers to not developers but publishers to help promote the service by uh you know uh i guess either mentioning it with the game or providing envelopes in the game itself but the publishers are interested like when they went to go talk to publishers the publishers were interested but they're not necessarily biting
1: Nobody wants to be first, is yeah. the problem. You know, nobody wants to be the one that like, gives GameStop the backhand, you know, because that's what they'd basically be doing. Because why would you support a model like GameStop when you would have that You know, instead?
0: Exactly. You know? Yes, yeah, the they're afraid because, uh, well, one company said, and he didn't give the name of the company, but one company specifically said that GameStop is their number three uh, purchaser. And, you know, I mean, GameStop, no, there's no secret, GameStop makes a lot of money <laughs> when you use games, okay? Yep. I mean, think about it. If I were to buy, let's say, I, I don't know, what came out recently? Well, what's, let's say Madden, right? I yep. go buy Madden, right? 60 bucks. I trade in Madden a week later. They give me maybe, at the highest, 30 bucks for it. But then they turn around and sell it for $55, you yep. know? So, you know, that's they they make a lot of cash on And that's the,
1: and that's actually a pretty good like trade range. In. That's yeah. yeah, that's not like that's pretty decent compared to like what it usually turns into because literally within a month or a few weeks, that trade that $30 trade price will probably be more like 15 to 20 and they'll still be selling it for 40 to 50. So, it's like the it, it gets the, the range gets even worse as the time goes on. So. Exactly. So, um yeah I
0: mean the the trade-in values of the games would be north of what GameStop is offering, and uh, you would actually they, they predict that they'd be able to sell games for a little cheaper because they don't have any uh, overhead or you know for the stores.
1: Right They don't have to have anything brick and mortar since everything is being you know through a distribution basically. it's just being mailed to you and you're mailing it to them. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So yeah, So I would, from a from a gamer standpoint, I think it's a good service. However, the publishers aren't necessarily on board. Now, just because the publishers are on board doesn't mean they're going to stop it. The, they're not going to do this because they've actually, the website is up. It was a, it's, well, I should say there is a website there, but the service is not available yet. I think it's in like some type of testing state because you have to put in a password to kind of get, to get into the actual part of the net. You just get information. Um, so it looks like they're gonna start this, and we'll see what happens. And then, I, more the best thing that can happen to them is that the service grows a little bit, and the publisher's like, "Okay, we'll bite," you know, and then they they go for it.
1: Which is what I would see happening. Like, I would like to see something like this take off because, like, it's good for the industry. Like, it's a way to like make use games not the devil. You know, it it's it's a good idea. Like, it really is. And I just. I know that all it will take is one publisher to say, "You know what? That is a good idea," and then everybody else will jump on board because that's what they do. Look at Steam and Origin. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. all it takes is one person to do it right, and then somebody's like, "Yeah, it's a great idea." Now that somebody else has done the testing for me and you know, taken the risk. Exactly. So, and yeah.
0: the thing is, like, I think once publishers see that the second game, the hand games market is lucrative. They'll jump into it. I mean, there's so many games. I mean, when a publisher pushes a game out, if they don't get first-hand sales, they don't consider it anything. But, like, if you look at uh, like some certain games, like my example, and actually the same the example they used in the article as well as Mirror's Edge. Um, Mirror's Edge sold very well second-hand. Sold very well used because the thing is, like, nobody wanted to, nobody wanted to buy it flat-out, I guess.
1: Yeah, know, I don't want to take the chance because it was such a different concept.
0: Exactly. And then second hand, you know, people bought the games like, "Hey, I know I got my my Mirror's Edge um, you know, used because I actually I got mine through GameFly and then I liked it so much, I was like, yeah, I'll buy it, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So it was a great game, so I think um the second hand games market is definitely uh lucrative and the publishers would take advantage of that, but um hopefully for us uh, you know, even for the publishers, uh we can you know, they'll they'll pick up on the service. But you know, we'll keep you up to date and you know, we'll follow it and see what happens. Yeah. But yeah, but uh next on the agenda we're gonna talk a little bit about social games. Um this article that we uh picked up on the uh, games industry, uh the the CEO of WooGa uh I've never heard of it before, but that's because I don't play social games. Um but the uh, Jens Begman Beg what was it Begum, Well, Bejum, Be- sorry,
1: whatever. Yeah. I'm butchering Begeman. this guy. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's it's something foreign. Yeah, exactly. not, you know, terribly foreign. Just not sure how to pronounce it. Exactly, <laughs> and me being American, I can't do that. So I only know uh, two languages: English and bad English. There you
0: go. <laughs> but uh, so the CEO of Vuga, which I'm going to call him, or I'm just going to call him Jens from now Damn. on because we're close friends. But um. Yeah, so uh, he broke down some numbers on how they make their money. Um, the first, uh, I guess, stat is that 70% of his audience is female. I'm not really surprised by that, and that's not saying anything bad about female gamers. I'm just
1: oh, yeah, not it's surprised. It's just looking at the games. Like, There's like Jill, you know, gym quests, and like there's just like a bunch of games that are like, okay, yeah, that's... A game like a female would play more so than a male. Not yeah. necessarily because like females, you know, play bad games, but just because I don't see these appealing to men. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Magic <So>. land, Diamond <laughs> Dash, Happy Hospital, like, you know, it's it's pretty much games that yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So
0: when I first when I saw that I was like, Okay, so what are they buying? New hats, you know what I'm saying? Pretty dresses, you know, me being the male chauvinist that I am. So um, don't don't you wave your disapproval at me rob (laughs) (laughs) disapproving glare yeah across the internet but um so i that's what i was really expecting i was expecting to see some just frivolous crap but he says that only uh 0.3 percent is spent on avatar customization 2.3 percent is spent on cosmetic decorations um 2.8 2.8% is spent on territory expansions. I'm assuming this game uh it was actually called Monster World is like kind of like a a Farmville or a Civ um world, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um 6.3% is uh spent on instant building and uh 10.5% is spent on end game currency, which I'm assuming you could just buy items with that. The most, the the largest amount that they get from the, the largest that they get from uh, is 66 percent of the income is from uh, two items specifically, uh, a magic wand which lets crops grow instantly, and uh, the stuff called uh, Wugo uh, Wugo fuel, which is uh, it powers factories that produce rare items. So instead of having to um, I guess go to farm for your rare items or search for your rare items away from the drop, you get them more frequently.
1: All right, just make some, I guess.
0: Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, they're paying for shortcuts. That's what they're spending money on. Yeah, because nah,
1: both of those, each of those is a third of their revenue. Each of them. Yes. Is a third. <laughs> like those <Yeah>. two items <laughs> make up two thirds of their revenue. So. Which is something.
0: Exactly. And it's like, you know, oh, so they're not paying to make themselves look pretty, they're just paying to cheat. <laughs> that's pretty much what it is, though. I can I can understand, though. Um,
1: is it, and is it really cheating anymore when that's the point? Well, that's because, the point. I mean, what, As... because otherwise it's just a time sink. So, But then yeah. it kind of, I don't know, to me it brings up the question of, like, why play it then? Like, if the only purpose is to get further, and the only way normally to get further is just to sink a whole bunch of time into it, to get something to doesn't really matter, and there's no real fulfillment in, right? Or to buy your way to being, you know, to getting done with it faster. Like I don't know. To me, it just kind of is one of Defeats those things. The that, purpose, it, right? And it and it, all it does is really feed like that. I guess that part of the brain that's like, yeah, I accomplished something without actually having done anything. I don't know. <laughs> it's that like, that man, paints that's a, why I don't play social games. <laughs> that paints a sad,
0: sad picture on that, uh you know affair of human emotions. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it really does, like you know, like you're not really accomplishing anything. You just paid all, you just paid a bunch of money to make something happen,
1: right? For something that I guess you find entertaining, but like at that point, you're not playing it anymore. I don't know, but I mean, like I, I, that's the way that they're set up, though. They, you know, it is a psychological thing. So
0: yeah, the thing that concerns me is that like when developers and publishers see see this this model making money, um. Then you get Age of Empires. Yeah, so you get Age of Empires, but even more so, like, you'll see, you'll, I think, you, and actually there was an article in Kotaku that you had showed to me, Rob, uh, where uh, the author talked about developers putting in roadblocks to make you want to buy this stuff.
1: Yeah, the the important thing now at this point in gaming is not so much like how much money you're spending on it, but how much time you're spending on things like that. Now that's the the commodity that we value. And the more I think about it, the more the more true it is. The barrier to me at this point, like in my life, playing games is not is a game sixty dollars, you know, or you know, is it fifty dollars or you know, whatever. Like you can find your deals if you want them. You can pay full price if you want to. But the point now is is it worth is it worth my time to play it? Right. not not how much it is, you know, like and i i think that that's, you know, pretty pretty fair to say that that's true <laughs> at this point.
0: Yeah, that's the thing and uh, it's just sad to see people taking advantage of that, you know what i'm saying, instead of making it their game fun to play and offering some type of value to make you want to buy certain items, you know what i'm saying? Um they either take normal items out and make them you make you pay for them or they put roadblocks in your way to make you you know to make you have to you want to buy to speed things up like i mean really should it take 24 hours to grow something specific on a crop
1: i mean right and then they, what and then and that thing grows something that you use to, to do something else that's going to take time as well like that's i don't know that's the problem <laughs> exactly you know that's that's the thing like
0: I don't know. I don't like where this is going. Uh, but the thing is, like, social gaming is so popular. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could just totally see it happening more and more and
1: more. And yeah, we... That's the thing. It's not, like, it, it's it's weird. Like, you know, like, there are people who enjoy social games. And if that's the way that, you know, you want to play, if that's the way you want to spend your time and your money, by all means, do that. But the problem is when you start getting that, when it starts leaking into into other aspects of gaming, like outside of social games, you know, like that's that's where my issue comes in because then literally that is where you get, you know, stuff like the season pass ideas and and stuff of that nature because that's what, you know, that's what publishers and that's what marketing and, you know, the guys in the suits are convinced that we want, you know, like, well, if they want it for social games, then obviously they want it for this too. And it's like, that's not always true. Like... At all,
0: <laughs> they do tend to they do tend to wrap gamers up in one group as opposed to what we really are, which is multiple groups. I mean, just because
1: yeah, just a lot of different people.
0: I mean, the average gamer, the average gamer, gamer, like real gamer, does not play social games. You know what I right. saying?
1: And in fact, the average gamer is like you know in their thirties now. You know, yeah. it's not, it, but yet we still get marketed to like we're seventeen year olds. So exactly. The the industry definitely, I guess itself tends to put us in a box to try and make it easy, and now all they have is another box that says, well, like, well, oh, females like social games." So there you go. There they go in that box. <laughs> like, exactly. I mean, the thing
0: is, like, maybe if they didn't make the social game so female-oriented, more male gamers would play it.
1: Maybe I don't know. Though. I think that I I don't know really like the the all the psychology behind it, but I don't know what it is that that it it all it always tends to be females. Like, yeah, that's a lot of marketing that happens with it too. Um, but I don't know like I don't know. There's to me there's some sort of disconnect between like how a social game functions and like what I guess like normal gamers are looking for. Because I mean there's also plenty of females that don't play social games. It's just that in in terms of social games that that's mostly who plays. But there's plenty of females that play normal game you know, normal real games that never feel the want to play social games and it's like i don't know what the psychology is like what the makeup of somebody is that you know really really like social games i don't know
0: yeah i mean i don't know either <laughs> no, I, 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 I just, it's
1: legitimate you know just like i i don't know you know i don't, I don't know. know if it really matters if they market it to different people you know at a certain point like i Because the industry, because if if there were more guys playing or if it was a 50-50 split like, you know, normal games are almost, like, then, you know, I don't think it would really help anything because the industry just sees that it's even, you know, further spread that like, oh, everyone likes it. So let's make all the games that way. Yeah, probably a bad idea. Yeah, like (laughs) maybe it's better that they, they do keep marketing it the way they do you know. Yeah, totally forget everything like I pretty, just said. Princess- yeah, girls who don't like Pretty Pretty Princess stuff will stay away from it. Guys will stay away from it. And then you'll just have the people who like that stuff playing it, you know, Rob a- something rewarding.
0: Rob is 100% right on that. Totally ignore my statements. <laughs> Please do. Because uh, I don't want to have to, you know, you know, pay for bullets that kills enemies, you know, in my regular games. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's it's a little bit like the, uh, you know, If Classic Games had DLC that I, that I put up on the site last week. <laughs> like Mega Man shooting his, his blaster, and, you know, after like he shoots a certain amount, it takes credits from him every time he's shooting. Like, that kind of horrible, horrible existence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so,
0: uh, I guess... Uh...
1: That defeats the purpose of having a game, by the way. It does. (laughs) Just listening. Like, if you're going to make me pay to be able to do basic things in the game, it's no longer a game. It's no longer worth playing. So don't do it. That's all we have to say.
0: Well, until they see that model start to fail or falter, they're going to keep doing it. They're going to push it into the ground like they always do. Yeah, it's I mean, a sad it's, state of affairs, so let's yeah. stop talking about it. <laughs> uh, let's move to a bit... Uh, some, I guess, happier news than... Uh, for I guess some. it is.
1: Uh, well, honestly, yeah. I mean, I guess it's more or less happier.
0: Yeah, it is happier news for some... Well, for PC players. Uh, it was announced that Modern Warfare 3 will support dedicated servers on PC. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's good. I mean, I, I like that because the trend for the last few years has been either... No dedicated server, or a dedicated server that you really don't have one hundred percent, you know, complete control on. Because you know, Modern Warfare Two had no dedicated server uh, at all. You know, well, I'm I'm sorry, um, Infinity Ward controlled the dedicated servers one hundred percent on that. They had dedicated servers, but you weren't as a as a user you weren't allowed to have a dedicated server. They would never pass the files. Battlefield, also, uh, bad company, you were not allowed to possess the files. There were specific uh, specific providers, or host providers, that you can get Battlefield servers from and customize it for your team or your clan or whatever. Um, but now, this is going back to the old style of, like, Modern Warfare 4 and all of the predecessors before it of, you know, dedicated server, which means that and I'm not sure if they're going to release the modding tools, we'll see I, more than likely, usually when they release a dedicated server, they release modding tools but, um, yeah, basically not only will you be able to have you know, complete control over the server, which means the community can once again uh, uh, what's the word we're looking for, police itself which is a big problem in Modern Warfare 2 hackers were running wild in Modern Warfare 2 and if any word couldn't really do anything about it. I well, I don't know if they couldn't, but they didn't. So...
1: <laughs> right. At this point, we got our money from you, so yeah, fuck
0: it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how it kind of felt like. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you can have... Uh, you know, the community can police itself. Um, if they release mapping and modding tools, you can expect new maps more frequently. Uh and better, probably. And, and better. not exorbitant priced. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, or possibly this may force Infinity Ward or whoever to make even better maps now that the community can build maps and they like, you know, they like their DLC. That's really the only reason I can see them not releasing mapping and modding tools.
1: Oh, I'm sure like, I'm, I'm sure they wouldn't for that reason because yeah. they know they get outdone, you know, in yeah. large part.
0: and, uh, you know, also you can see mods like, I mean, for example, people still play modern warfare, uh, one, you know, call of duty Four because of the mods, like, you know, the Star Wars mod on them, and, and this is just one I'm thinking of, is very popular, so, yeah, I mean, this is, a, this is a good news, there's nothing bad about this, you know, um, actually, there's a, uh, an article on oneofswords.com, and if you don't know who One of Swords is, he is, uh, he is PR for Activision, correct, Rob? He's yes, yeah,
1: right oh, yeah, he's the, yeah, he's, well... Yeah, I guess PR would be the right word for it. Yeah. So you know, manager. He's that's basically what he does.
0: Yeah, he goes through uh you know, why they made the decisions they did with uh you know, uh you know, Modern Warfare two going no dedicated servers. Which they say it was mainly because of the cheaters. Uh, you know, the cheaters running rampant. Um, this is PC. There's always going to be cheaters, even if you host the servers or not. And the mm. thing is, like, if you host the servers, you better have somebody actively policing them, which you did not. Um, that's something that community usually does on its own, and it's been working well for us for years now, so thank you very much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, you know, Modern Warfare 2, they just, you know, those dedicated servers are all you like, mentioned. And in Black Ops, they also had the official server pro- providers, um, but that just didn't work out as well as I guess I thought they did. It worked out a little bit better. You know, it worked out a little bit better, but you know, it was still they still had problems with, uh... I guess with the servers and performance, and even still with cheaters, of course, and since you can't install your own anti-cheat, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, because it's still not a dedicated server, you, yeah. you really still can't do anything. The best you can do is, uh... You know, the best you can do is kick them out and, you know, maybe ban them. So... Yeah, there's a there's a host, there's so many pluses to having the uh, you know dedicated server files, be, especially because like you know this you know modern warfare uses punkbuster. Punkbuster is not that great. Punkbuster busts more legit players than it busts hackers. So
1: yeah, I've like I've never even seen like punkbuster really do anything. I guess you don't really see it do anything, but I'm like I've never heard anybody was like oh I got punk busted because. I, I don't know. I've never, I, to me, I'm like it doesn't. That's not a thing that does something. <laughs> yeah, like they,
0: people found a way around Punkbuster a long time ago. I mean, I've been busted more times for having uh, invalid files or conflicting files and like you know some folder on my computer. Mm-hmm. You know, than I've actually seen people get busted for actually hacking. Like I've been in, I've been in servers where people were hacking and I got busted.
1: <laughs> you know, what I'm saying you're contaminated.
0: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's just it, it's it's really good news for the the PC community, and it actually might make Modern Warfare three worth playing. So uh, we'll see what happens with that, and I'm curious to see if they're to throw any curveballs out there, you know. But whatever, we'll see what happens. I don't wanna. I'm, I'm usually you know you know me. I'm usually like Mr. Raincloud when it comes to Modern Warfare, but not today.
1: Yeah, uh, it was actually a, a good move on their part, and yeah. one of the one of those things that'll give them a little boost, probably. Definitely. Yeah,
0: yeah but uh, moving on to our next point, um...
1: <laughs> the, 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 the things kind of get weird. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, this
0: uh, this is going to be our Nintendo segment of the podcast starting right now. Um, so the first thing is that um, it was recently announced that. Apple is the world's most valuable company. Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So um, with that being said, it looks like the investors, though Nintendo's investors, want Nintendo to start making games for the iOS. Which I'm like, that's a terrible idea.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, the thing is, is here... a way to give away your only advantage. Like it... that's basically what would be happening. Exactly. Going like... the route of Sega. Come on. <laughs> yeah,
0: pretty much. I mean, there's, I mean, there's a reason why. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm not saying that iOS devices are bad, um, but there's a few, a couple things. First of all, um, my biggest thing, no buttons. I'm sorry, touch screen buttons are not the same as regular buttons. Okay, but my big, my biggest gripe about it is that Nintendo first party titles are so good for a reason. There's a reason why it's so good. There, The reason is because Nintendo controls 200% of the experience. Not 100%, Two
1: hundred percent. The reason they, I, they control more of the experience than you can possibly even play—that's yeah. how tight they are with their their grip. But that's why the games are good. That's yeah, why the first party is good. I mean,
0: not only do they make the games and they have great people working on these games, but they also build the devices that these games play on. So they control that as well. They know exactly what the devices are capable of. They can build additions and um, you know new functions into them if they need to. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not restricted. They don't have. They are their review process. They don't have anybody else going through their review. You know, reviewing their game and be like, oh well, no, you can't do this. You can't do that. They can do anything they want to because they're Nintendo, and it's their device, and they build it the way they want to.
1: Yeah, and we not we may not always agree with it. You know, Wii U, but yeah, it it but it does create. You know, they have a controlled environment where they know what's happening, and they're not subject to. You know, questions of like, oh, will this work? Oh, are there buttons? <laughs> you know, things yeah. of that nature. But I mean, basically, like it's just investors getting spooked, more or less. You know, they they saw that Apple is the world's most valuable company. Nintendo struggled a bit since you know they're in that in that kind of no man's land between you know consoles and 3ds hasn't been the boost that they expected it to be. Um, and you know, investors are just they're. they're investors get spooked easily a lot of times especially now with economies being the way that they are and the way that the stock markets are are reacting to things that you know all all this really is is investors going "Well, like well they're making so much money like if we do stuff for them then we'll make money too you know and it's like that kind of doesn't work not that it wouldn't but like it you're giving away whatever advantage you did have you know, like, what's the reason that anybody would not buy an Apple device then if that's how you get Nintendo games? You know, I don't necessarily think that makes Nintendo more valuable. That just puts Apple in even even better position than it already was in. I don't know. That's how I see it.
0: Yeah, it, it does. It really, like, you know, it really doesn't help. Not to mention, I mean, clones run rampant on iOS devices. So I mean yeah, you could this?
1: already go find a Mario <laughs> on it I'm sure you know not right. under that name Super Plumber Brothers or something you know Exactly
0: like why I mean I don't think it would be as big as of a boost as they think it would i mean they would definitely get money and sales from it don't get me wrong i'm not saying that it'll be a complete flop but i don't think it'd be as big as they think it
1: is and on top of that like it changes the whole the way that they produce games i mean like yeah you'll usually get like one or two like first party you know for each franchise in a generation and but those games are super excellent they start making iOS games, and then suddenly it's not good enough to have a Mario come out, you know, once a year. It's, you know, you need a Mario or Zelda or Donkey Kong every three months or less. And then I don't know, like, I, if you, you see where the slippery slope starts to come in and where quality is going to start to suffer from that, which is actually what Awada was talking about, you know, ages ago at the conference that, you know, where he said that. You know, ninety-nine cent apps are kind of—they're—you know—they sometimes they cause more damage than they—you know think good. And you know that that willingness to jump to those because you know, and on top of that, like, are they're gonna sell Mario for ninety-nine cents? No,
0: <laughs> definitely not. And that's another thing, like, they wouldn't sell Mario for ninety-nine cents, and that right there puts them in the bucket of you know, well, why should I buy your game exactly. for five dollars when I can buy this game for you know? Ninety nine cents. It's the same thing with like uh I, I, I told about I think it was last week on the podcast, I talked about EA, um, their uh they have Tetris on the uh, Android store for seven dollars or eight dollars. I bought it for free. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like i you know Some what I'm saying? Other name. Yeah. Exactly. It's like so that's another thing I have to deal with. Investors like you like you said, Rob, they get spooked. Um and they 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 just want to, they want results now without really really thinking about it and that's because I don't know I, they have analysts and stuff like that but I just don't think the analysts do that great of a job when it comes to to gaming you know what I'm saying something that some, yeah something that
1: people... everybody's so wishy washy and I think that 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 carries over to you know analysts and you know pundits and all that that like anytime something happens in gaming like it's weird because it's just so much different than every other industry like it usually takes something like really big to make another industry like really like have second doubts or doubts or like you know maybe you know think about changing the way that they do things like you know like you're talking like book publishing and you know paper versus like ebooks and like you know that's created like a conversation but like that's a major turning point in like in books but like gaming like like anything can happen, like anything can happen, <laughs> and and gaming is like, oh my god, this is the new wave, you know, like, Zynga comes out, and oh my god, social games are going to take over, like, iOS, you know, has a 99 cent game on it, and it's like, oh my god, Minecraft comes out, oh my god, you know, like, every time something happens, and this is just another, you know, one of those things, you know, Apple's the most valuable company, and now all of a sudden, you know, Nintendo should make games for them. Yeah, you know, because knee-jerk reactions rule in gaming, in a way. I don't
0: know. <laughs> well, I'm kind of curious to see how they're going to react to the new sales uh, numbers for the 3DS since the price cut. Um, because the 3DS, well, since the price cut, uh, which was just over the weekend, correct? Uh, last weekend, sorry. Um, when did that price cut happen? That price cut happened the 12th, didn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, August, yeah, the August 12th. Um, 215,000 3DS's were sold following the price cut. And the article we're going to put in the show notes has this nice little graph that shows, like, it looks like a ski slope. <laughs> in the <Yeah>. beginning. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Know. That's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, <laughs> like, it goes down, 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 down. And then, like, it stays low for a long time, and then boom, spikes up at the very end uh, with the with the price cut. On the same note, um Ubisoft uh EU or Ubisoft, sorry, Ubisoft EU is reporting eightfold increase in sales since the price cut. So all you know, what I don't want to get too too deep into the subject now because <laughs> we're gonna talk about it later, but it looks like the tablet market isn't killing it as much as they thought it was. <laughs> you know, like it obviously when you look at this, the problem was price and value. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, yep. you pay, you, your system's 250 people look at it as, okay, it's 250 but they don't see the game library there or enough features there to make it worth 250 They dropped it $80, and now, boom, eight-fold increase in game sales. 215,000 units sold in, like, a week. You know, a week mm-hmm. since then. You know? So... Yeah, Uh this everybody can just kind of sit down and take it easy. <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, like it, it's it, like on the one hand, like I don't want to be too knee-jerk in the reaction of like, hey, everything's okay, because like it has to, it has to last, you know. Like yeah, that's yeah. that's the main thing. But I mean, it's definitely obviously gotten a response. I mean, like in that, that time frame, I mean, like the last time they were there was pretty much when it launched, you know, at at sales that high. So there you know you got to kind of be reasonable and think like oh well that means that people are responding you know nintendo still needs to follow up with software like really they need to follow up with software because i mean like getting fucking urban champion on the on the on the store is not like the response after you drop the game you drop price that much on the system you know and promise all these things like that's You you, we need they need better games, Nintendo. (laughs) Like people are showing you that they're willing to buy it, but you really need to give them games to play. You know, that's the main problem I see with the three DS. I don't I don't really see it as anything else. I don't see it as an overwhelming mark against, you know, dedicated handheld device, you know, handheld gaming systems or anything. I just see it as like a lack of software. If people had something to buy, they'd be they'd be interested.
0: Right. And you know what? I mean, there's certain developers out there like Sega who just said they weren't going to make games until more users had the device. Now that more people, they see this response and more people get the device and even Ubisoft is reporting that increase. I think more developers now will be inclined to, you know, build for the device and therefore you get the games that you need. You get the library that you need. Um, in the meantime, though, Nintendo, like, I know they have Star Fox coming out, but they need to, they need to, like, you know, and and Mario, that's gonna be helpful, they need to drop some serious first-party titles to pull themselves out of the mud, because, you know, let's not be coy, we know if Nintendo drops first-party titles, they're gonna be good, you know, with the exception of Metroid, (laughs) the the last one, but, um, and I don't even blame them on Nintendo, I blame them on Ninja Theory, but, um, yeah, I mean... They they can they can they can definitely pull themselves out of this rut, you know. Because uh, like I said, while all the investors are saying, all the inv- not investors, but all the analysts and pundits are saying that tablet's killing handheld, that's just not the case. Um, it was something else, obviously, because they got a response from the consumers. So um, hopefully, that continues to that continues to rise, and we'll see the DS, the 3DS, do better. Because I myself, I even considered picking one up when I heard about the price drop. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, huh? <laughs> man. My, my
1: my want to not get a three DS has nothing to do with you know like oh man, I don't want a handheld anymore because like I absolutely plan on getting the Vita, but that's why I am not interested in the three DS. I am just i I've never like I, if I've gotten a handheld system for Nintendo like a DS, like it's I've always been a late adopter, like except for like the original original like DS launch, like I got that like right away and then within a couple of months was kinda tired of it and then, you know, eventually got it like, you know, before the end of its life cycle, before three D S came out and, you know, got some games, enjoyed it. But I've never I never really like play it the same way that I've played, you know, like a Sony handheld, which really would be the psp but whatever right. <laughs> <So> <laughs> i talk they like it's go. got a long you know a long exactly. less history and it's it's just the psp but you know i've never played it like i played like i play the psp so that's it has nothing to do with the 3ds being bad but you know let's you know it, i don't know like you just there are there are people willing to buy it you just have to follow you know and And things will be okay. DS, you know, like, really, like, everybody is really easily, you know, to say, uh, like, Apple, you know, oh, my God, iOS devices, Android, you know, like, it's killing, you know, it's changing the, 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 the face of things. But, like, DS was super, super stupid, super popular for so long that it's hard to imagine that, like, the next one will come out and just nobody would care. Like, just, you know, that quickly. Like... It, there's there's other factors involved other than like oh people just don't want it anymore see 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyway so,
0: well that's going good for Nintendo but um I think all this <laughs> all of this uh, I guess uh, you know low stock and cutting the fifty percent you know fifty percent of executive pay thing is starting to get to Nintendo's head they're they're getting to their crazy portion kind of like Mariah Carey stripping on TRL crazy or you know Martin Lawrence. In the middle of a busy street, waving a gun, because they patented massively online single-player games, which sounds like a crazy idea to me. Um, th- ba- I mean, uh, basically, what they're saying is that this this thing is going to be like MMOs, but without the drawbacks. And what I was thinking was that the second M in MMO stands for multiplayer. Am I right? Like <laughs> it involves yeah. other people. Like I don't, yeah. I don't understand how they're actually going to make this massively online single-player game work. Now, to give you a little bit more detail on what this is, um, basically, you're going to have your game, okay? Uh, you're going to have the world around your game, but things like, like, the, I'm not going to say there's not going to be any AI. But most of the AI functions, or the functions that you see other characters doing in the game, are going to be based on what other players have also done in the same game. You know, like, things aren't going to be pre-scripted, they're saying. Uh, But at the same time, you don't have to deal with other people. it It sounds like, when I'm explaining it, it probably sounds really retarded, and that's because that's the way it reads. (laughs) <laughs> like, I, it does not sound appealing for me at all. You know, like, you know, you may be playing a game where, let's say, wood is a resource and you can build a house with wood. So, you know, one day you may see a pile of wood sitting somewhere. The next day it may be a house. Because hmm. somebody else in this multi, you uh, know, multi, uh, or massively online single player game built a house there. So now in your world, too, there's also a house, but you'd never see the player that played it or you never interact with the player that built it right it seems i don't know i don't i don't i don't see it working like
1: i am like what in a way i don't and in a way i do because like of how animal crossing worked because that's basically what animal crossing was except that you did have the option to like you know hang out with the other people which means it's not any, you know a massively online single player game then you know but there are points where you know, somebody can kind of, like, come in and, like, mess with your world when you're gone. Like, Akimi Village did something similar. Like, um, you could you could visit another player's world, like, through a totem, and you could, like, give them things... Like, you couldn't really, like, mess with too much, but, like, I could see that same sort of, like, idea, Like, like, that's the same sort of idea, I guess, like, when they're not playing, like, if you were able to go in and, like, build something for them, and then they come back and it's like, you know... Oh holy crap! Like somebody built like this giant shrine for me. In a way, I guess it works. But like on the other hand, like yeah, I don't. I don't see it catching on with too many things. Like I can only see really the application for Animal Crossing. I don't. I don't see that becoming like a a a huge like gaming thing, massively online single player games because it just doesn't work for too many things. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's.
0: I'm not, I guess as long as they don't try to push it or force it, like, it's going to be this big thing, they'll be okay. Right. They'll very... make it, like, a new game feature. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a very, like, niche thing. Very. Yeah.
1: But that's what I mean. Like, that's why I'm like, it's... To me, that sounds like Animal Crossing, and that's it. And, you know, and that, and for Animal Crossing, like, that works. But it's Animal Crossing is weird because you can hang out and do stuff with other people and play a game, like, in a multiplayer sense. So it's kind of like, I... I don't know. I guess maybe they're just covering their bases. And, uh, you know, because copywriting it doesn't necessarily mean or patenting it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, that it's going to be a big thing for them to do. Because, I mean, Apple just gets patents all the fucking time and they don't do stuff with half of them until somebody else does and they sue them. <laughs> so maybe that's that. Maybe that's their plan. Like somebody else does an Animal Crossing style game. Well, you can't do that because we we did that. You know, that's our thing. Maybe not so much because of what they're going to do, but what they've already done is why the patent came through. Yeah. I don't know.
0: I do know that if you, you can friend other players, it, it says that you'll be able to see them in games, so I guess you'll be able to see them live doing whatever they do, but for everybody else in the world, I guess they'll be replaced by NPCs that just repeat what they do, and you don't directly interact.
1: I guess, or maybe almost like a fable type thing where it's really just you and your world... But you, you know, see other players moving around in the world at the same time. You just don't really interact with them. Like, you don't do anything with them. You know, like, you can, like, give them something or, like, you know, I guess influence their game by, like, giving them an item or something along those lines. But, like, you're not actively playing the game together or anything. You know, like, I don't know. Like, almost like they're kind of, like, ghosts in your world, sort of. Kind of like, in fact, you know, like, almost like Demon's Souls, in a way. Like, I'm only thinking, like, a few, like choice examples and like they don't work entirely, but I could see where the idea like where they what the idea kind of is. Like Demon Souls is definitely like it's a single player game, but the fact that, you know, people can leave you messages that you can see what other people other what other players have done and done wrong, you know, in a way like it's still a single player game, but it does have that like massively, you know, online aspect to it. But it's not directly, you know, I don't know, direct influence on your game. But see, like, all the the problem with all those games is that they all have a point where somebody can, like, come into your world and directly influence it or help you or play with you. So, I don't know. It's like a weird... It's like a weird slice of a game <laughs> that they're trying to patent. I don't know. Gotcha. All right, well, I guess we'll see what they'll do with it. I mean, they,
0: it's not like they've announced any new projects or anything like that, so... We don't even know.
1: Yeah, I still think they will. I really. They probably. might have
0: just wanted to patent the system for Animal Crossing.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, that's what I really think it was for. I don't think it was like a, a a sign of things to come so much.
0: Okay, all right. Well, let's move on to our last topic, which kind of links into what we were just talking about with the 3DS, um, Doomcasters or Doomsayers, as we <laughs> called them before uh, on a previous podcast. We have two new Doomsayers. Uh, and both in regards to um the, the other the, handheld <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah the other handheld or the handheld market in general yeah. uh, but this one is regarding the PS Vita um first uh you have uh let's see it's uh Matthew Seymour from Heavy Iron Studios he thinks that the three, that the, the the Vita launch is going to be a car wreck he says it's going to be a car wreck he says it's clear you know people aren't paying for 3ds at 250 why would they pay for a vita at 299 i can give you a few but i'm not going to talk about that yet um and he just you know he, he he thinks that you know he says it's clear that people um that people don't want devices that don't do more than one thing which i have something to say about that too but um He's that's what he's basing his opinion on that that the you know with the failure of the 3ds and the fact that people want multifunctioning devices and uh, on the other side of that not just the other side but in his corner um, you have someone from Crytek which uh, I don't even see his name here they just say Crytek developer. Um, basics... Yeah, just
1: I guess like it's just the or the managing uh, managing director Avni Yearly. Ah, okay, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: So he's
1: saying that uh,
0: you know the dedicated uh, console market is losing is losing ground to tablets because tablets do so much more. They're once again they're multifunction, and people want multifunctioning devices. Okay, so. Here's what I have to say about this. First of all, I don't know anybody who buys a tablet for gaming, okay? Second of all, if you game on a tablet and that's all you do, the battery life is horrendous, okay? Seriously, like, play Plants vs. Zombies for a a, a decent amount of time on your iPad. Or your Android device. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know I, I play a game or two on i have a a samsung charge i play a gamer 2 on the samsung charge and it doesn't take half my battery but a gamer 2 takes maybe 10 15 minutes
1: yeah that's the thing like it it, works fine when you're in fact I, i can't even say that because like i even mine. like like my my smartphone like you can do stuff on it but i mean like even just like you know continuously like checking email and being on, you know, being on the browser and basically doing anything that requires it to use 3G or anything, like, it needs battery quick, like, it's not, so like a game game, like, I mean, I know, like, we, I have, um, they have, like, a tower, like a tower defense game on yeah. it, uh, robo defense, which is pretty right. good, but, right. like, you play that game for, like, an hour, and the battery's like, alright man, I need a charge, let's go. <laughs> like,
0: okay, yeah. whoa. <laughs> exactly. Like so the- it, yeah, the battery life is just one issue. I mean, the 3DS we just talked about. The 3DS didn't fail because it wasn't a multifunction device. The 3DS failed because of two reasons. One, the price was too high. while well, say the price was too high for the library that it had. It wasn't worth it. For the for the consumer, not because it yeah. couldn't stream movies, which it can from Netflix, by the way. Um, not because it doesn't browse the internet, not because you can't go on Facebook on it, but because of the library. I mean, clearly, once the price went down, you know, it was more value for people. You know, it, it was deemed you know more valuable. You know, you can see about the two hundred fifteen thousand people that bought it in Japan alone they didn't even mention US numbers oh yeah okay Um, and so one one thing I keep saying is the device people don't want to buy a device that only does one thing neither I mean okay I, I can't really say too much about the DS but the PSP wasn't a device that could only do one thing if you want, you can listen to music on the PSP. You can watch videos and movies on the PSP. You can browse the internet on the PSP. You can uh, use Skype to make phone calls on the PSP. Yeah,
1: like it was. Not, it was a multifunction or is a multifunction device. Like uh, that's why. Like in my in my head, sometimes when people start saying like, "Oh man, it's going to totally," you know, like you start hearing all the talk about tablets and and smartphones being you know multifunction devices that you know people use for gaming too, like. The, the main thing is the same thing that it's always been, which is that you don't get a, you know, a dedicated gaming experience using a smartphone device. You know, like, touchscreen, for one thing, is difficult to really, like, do a full-fledged game with that's going to be a real experience. And then on top of that, you know, like, the fact that it can do, uh, you know, can do gaming along with other things, does that mean that people really, really use it for gaming that much? Like, what... I just want to see, like, you know, where's the, you know, aside from the fact that, like, oh, they exist, or, like, oh, some of these games sell, or, oh, people have Angry Birds because it's free, you know, I want to see, like, you know, the the real evidence that, like, you know, here's here's this many people, and they play games on their smartphone or their tablet for, like, X amount of hours, you know, like, they spend real time playing games, you know, and, and games that you have to pay for, not just games that are free or, you know, something along those lines. Because we all know that we'll play crap that's free, even if it's not all that great or, even, or if we're just looking for a distraction. But exactly. like that's not the same thing as, like, you know, we need to replace all, you know, all dedicated gaming systems with, you know, a, a you know, the, the multifunction, you know, devices. Even though, you know, we've already said those game devices are multifunction but, you know, you were going to replace those and have people, you know, do what with them? Like, you know, if people if people only play games that are free or they only play games that are $0.99, cents, then, like, all of a sudden, like, what gaming is totally, is totally not the same. And that's – I think that's part of the problem is that, like, everybody sees, like, you know, people are willing to do, like, X, Y, and Z, but, like, they're not willing to do ABC, you know, with a – with a gaming device, you know, with a with a with a smartphone, with a tablet, you know, and then like like we already said, like there's other barriers to entry. Even if you get past that point where you know, okay, people will pay, you know, real money for a full gaming experience, you know, on a on a tablet or smartphone. But then you you have battery issues, you know, like the fact that how much, like really, how much of a full experience are you going to get on those devices? Especially when you have so many other things going on. Like people are kind of like. I feel like anybody who really does game on their, on their you know, on their smartphone or tablet is more, I don't know, like scattershot with it. Like it really is just supposed to be, you know, a distraction. You know, you're waiting for a coffee in a coffee shop. You're waiting in a line at Starbucks. DMV. You know, you're on the train. You're the DMV. You know, like those are the times where, you know, people, you know, pull it out, play Angry Birds but outside of that you know like usually people are using you know the fact that they're multifunction is because it's practical people use it because i can check my email i can you know communicate with work or home or text somebody or make a phone call or have you know uh, google maps or a gps in my car you know without having to carry something else but like as far as an actual you know like it being, like, a gaming device. You know, like, I think that if, if, if everybody got their way, everybody who Doomsays every five minutes about, you know the way gaming is right now and everybody got their way and publishers just went over to the to the smartphone tablet market I think like gaming would implode because like the the situation just wholly changes then you know like you can't have you know a yearly installment of Call of Duty you I mean aside from just like the logistics of certain games not working on on tablets or smartphones you know it's the mindset of people who play games on their on those devices is different, And gaming functionally stops existing then when you when you totally wipe out like, you know, one type of mindset that we have as gamers versus what uh, somebody who plays on a tablet has a mindset as a gamer. And we're both gamers. But, like, seriously, though, like, what is so hard to understand about the fact that, like, both things can exist? Exactly. <laughs> that, you can, that you can do both of those things. Like, we can have devices that are dedicated, you know, game, more more dedicated to gaming, and then you can have smartphone and tablets, which are more dedicated to other things, but also do gaming, you know? Like, the Vita, they just announced Vita Vita's going to have, you know, well, it's going to have Skype anyway, because PSP had Skype, but it's going to have Facebook, it's going to have Twitter, it's going to have, you know, like, it's going to have those other things. Like, they already shown other apps, they've you know, their own like social, you know, part of Vita. It does other stuff. So I'm really tired of also hearing the fact that like, well, you know, dedicated handheld device, game console, you know, like they just don't work. And it's like that it does more than that. You just you you just I don't know are short sighted or like you know tunnel vision that people are just like I don't see any of those other features. I only see it playing uncharted. I don't see that it has, you know, a browser and can do other stuff. You know, like, stop. (laughs) Right,
0: exactly. And you
1: know what the funny thing is? Like, when it comes to doing other stuff, and I'm putting air
0: quotes on that, mm -hmm. a lot of that stuff is just due to convenience. It's not that people want to have that stuff on there. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's just that, oh, I can do this on my phone too? Okay, that's cool. I'll do it. But when you're talking about stuff that people want to be able to do on devices, like browse the internet, you know what I'm saying, listen to music, watch movies, visit Facebook like, you telling me that you don't think there's going to be a Facebook app on the, the Vita? Yeah,
1: I, a, I, come on. Exactly. Oh. So but will I use it? Probably, probably not, because I don't care. Right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's I'm That's for us. You know
0: what I'm saying? Like, you know, me, you, and gamers won't really use it because we were buying it to play games. But when they're talking about stuff that people, you know, the, the people they're talking about want right. to do, they can do it on the Vita. So why wouldn't they? you know what i'm saying
1: it, it's just funny because it just seems like you know when when the industry or when you know people who doom say are high on something that like they just ignore that the handheld devices that they you know what they're down on so much like basically does the same stuff like it, but they're just they're just two different markets like the focus is not on games on a smartphone or a tablet the focus is not on apps on you know on a on a vita or 3ds well 3ds is kind of a bad example but like on a vita it's that's not you know the focus the focus is it being a gaming device the focus is it being an app device and it just so happened they just both so happen to do the other side of things and do it competently but that doesn't mean that like everything needs to change because of that you know like I, I don't know like i just have such a hard time like wrapping my my mind around the fact that like we can sit here in this podcast and we can figure this out in five minutes and that people who like Brr, the world is ending vita's gonna be a car wreck you know like can't they just i guess maybe it's easier to to just you know really be high on something else and to be like yeah i'm totally a pundit i called this you know i called the fact that you know, that was going to fail because then when it succeeds, it's like, oh, but you know, it was a happy accident. You know, like, I, I guess, like, is that what it is? that what we've come down to? That, like, it's just easier to be down on something until, like, it does well. And then it's like, oh, well, you know, that was the exception. The next yeah. time it'll be different.
0: But the thing that concerns me is that these aren't just, like, me, like, analysts saying this, these are, like, developers and publishers saying this now that concerns me because not because i think it's gonna oh if they say it therefore it's gonna happen no that's not the case it concerns me because that shows me that they don't know know the mindset of a of the gaming audience right the audience
1: that they've been selling games to exactly their their
0: mindset (laughs) yeah their mindset is of the casual audience you know what i'm saying not necessarily the gaming audience and i mean the reason why there is a market for dedicated handheld gaming is because gamers want that you know what i'm saying like yeah sure i can play plants versus zombies on my on my you know android device but i can't play even something like Ikaruga, you know what I'm saying? Which is right. definitely, they can definitely do a game like that on a handheld device, but I can't play that on there. I'm not going to play Bastion on there. I'm not going to play L.A. Noir on there. You know what I'm saying? On on there. I want yeah, something
1: gonna And you're not that. even going to get some of those games. Like, they just, that's what I mean. Like, gaming would just completely, it wouldn't even be the same beast. Like, gaming industry wouldn't be what, you know, everybody is all about, you know, or what. We're all about what you know, like what these publishers have made so much money on, and now that they're, you know, I guess reached a point where they just biting the hand that feeds them in a way. But that you not you don't get those games on 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 your Android, even in, even on a tablet. You know, like even giving the benefit of the doubt, like even on a tablet, you really still don't get those experiences. Like there's so many games that don't work, and they only work when you have a dedicated handheld device or whether you have a console. And you know, there's also that you know. It's not as loud as the talk about you know dedicated handheld gaming you know going the way of the dinosaur, but you know there's even that talk that you know like consoles are going to go away because you know tablets are going to do it so much better, and it's like it's just not true. Like they just they're not the same freaking experience.
0: <laughs> uh, the big uh, the big problem is or one of the big problems I say is that you know, publishers, devs, and everybody, they they still consider the console market as untapped because they're not getting, I guess, as much money as they think that they can, you know? But I think there's a reason why the console, not the console, but the the casual market is untapped, and it's because it's casual. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, people are only going to buy so much when they're a casual gamer, you know what I'm saying? Even if the apps are 99 cents. You know, even if even if the games are ninety nine cents. You know, they're only gonna buy so much, as opposed to gamers, this is this is what we do. We buy and play games and we build up collections, uh, and we show our friends our achievements and we feel good when we beat a game. You know right, what I'm saying?
1: We like we're the reason the industry is the way that it is now that you could even have the conversation of well, you know, this is this is gonna totally change everything. You know, like you you don't seem like they don't seem to get it you know that the reason that they can even have that discussion is because we do the things that they say that we don't want to do you know we don't want none anymore like it's a lie <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you know it, it's just funny in a way like after a while like all you can really do is laugh about it because like literally every week there's you know a new idea that like you know social gaming or tablets or smartphones are going to ruin, you know, the normal game industry market. And it's just not true. Like, it's, it's just not like, you know, one, you know, a bad showing by a 3DS for a few months, you know, the Vita not even being out yet and already getting judged, you know, on it. And publishers just, you know, I guess, spouting off at the mouth about different things. Like, I don't know, it doesn't, it doesn't match up with, you know, what really is going on or what really keeps happening in, you know, in the industry. So it's just kind of, after a while, you really just have to laugh about it because what else are you going to do except be like, ah, <laughs> 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 they're, they're talking about this again, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. So, you, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So,
0: uh, you know, eh. I don't even know what else to say about that. We've talked about it so many times, and it's just becoming such an annoyance. But, I mean, that's what they want to think. That's what they want to think. But you know what? I, I've said it before, and I think I'll say it again. I, I think in, in terms of actual gaming, not the gaming industry, because the gaming industry is fine, and it will always be okay, at least for the foreseeable future. I think in terms of gaming, indie devs will save actual gaming, because they're going to keep making the games that we want to play. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah, so but uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna uh we're gonna I guess cut it at that point. Um we're uh a frothy rage. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta go take a shower after this. <laughs> you know, I'm all sweaty and stuff. But um See, everybody yes. needed to know
1: that. Everybody's thinking about the glistening forehead, something. I don't know.
0: That's good. I don't you're right, I don't sweat, I glisten. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: can't stop it from shining, baby. <laughs> oh,
0: man. All right, so let's see what we got for this week coming out. What are you going to expect? Um, body count for the 360, I believe that's still on. Or well, 360 MPS 3. Um, don't know too much about that game. I do know it's a shooter it's from Code Masters, but... It... Hey,
1: isn't that the guys that did black before? Or is that no a different no. one I'm thinking
0: about? I think it's different.
1: Okay, I I'm thinking I about something else then, because I'm like, there was a game that was supposed to come out like... That was kind of like a spiritual successor to Black that was made by a lot of the same guys that were on that team uh, before. So, but I don't maybe, but maybe Audi counts not it. So never mind, never mind, oh, okay. everybody. <laughs> um,
0: Deus Ex Human Revolution. Uh, from what I've heard, it's so far it's it's a pretty good game. So that's coming out for 360 PS3 and PC uh and what was that uh shin megami tensei devil survivor overclocked which in my which i believe that's just a remake of a of a ds version of the game right so yeah you got those three things the drought's almost over folks we're coming back
1: into the yeah we're almost back to real games don't worry almost. yeah we're
0: almost back there not saying deus Ex and body count are real games but, right you but you know the, 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 you the lack between. of them yeah <laughs> Exactly. Um, I got some feedback from quite a few people regarding me stopping the questions.
1: <laughs> oh yeah.
0: Yeah, people want they like, Oh yeah, we like the questions. I'm just like, Well why did you never respond on the site or Uh-oh. Facebook Uh-oh. or okay. Twitter? Like that's the thing, like, yeah, ask the question. I'm like, Okay, so I'll I'll ask a question. But You
1: gotta respond to how You gotta
0: res Exactly, you gotta respond, guys. Like so if you if you have a response, either respond on Facebook, on Twitter, or on the website. Doesn't matter. You can send me an email if you want to. You know what I'm saying? Just uh something. It still counts. <laughs> it, it does count, you know. But it's better to do it uh on the site or somewhere where somebody else can see it, because then they'll be more inclined to answer. But uh, I guess uh this this week, let's 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 discuss social on uh, the social postal gamer a bit. Um. Will you be inclined to use this service based on the fact that it gives a cut back to the publisher? Would you be inclined to use the service? I mean, because there's other services. Like, you can Amazon will set what you trade stuff in, you know, via the mail. So that's nothing new. But given a cut back to the publisher or to the dev, would you, you know, be more inclined to use the service for Postal Gamers? So why don't you let us know? Uh you can, uh, you know, we'll go through the regular, I guess, our end credits. You can call them, <laughs> with the, uh, you know, you can catch us on SoundCloud, uh, which is SoundCloud.com/slash-mash-those-buttons. You can catch us on Facebook, which is Facebook.com/slash-mash-those-buttons. Uh, catch us on Twitter, which is Twitter.com/slash-mtb-site. Uh, also, of course, you can just come to com and you know, talk to us there. Uh, Rob is the community manager, always looking to hear what you got to say. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, definitely, uh let Rob know if you have any ideas, any requests, same thing like that um one thing I guess I should let you guys know is that we are looking to push into video. I've already received some great suggestions um which we'll be we'll be looking into, but uh you know, we are looking to to push into to video, so if you have any suggestions, anything you wanna see. Um, you know, yeah tip videos
1: video reviews instead of normal print reviews which we'll, we'll probably end up doing anyway because we're going to experiment but you know if you have anything specific that you'd like to see you know let us know
0: exactly i've already started some experiments and some have definitely failed but i think it, you know
1: some of <laughs> success <laughs> some are <laughs> we're okay some are good we're, yeah, we're yeah. Had some, we've had some successes some misses you know you won't see the misses probably you know, ever <laughs> yeah
0: actually just a quick story before we cut out I tried playing well one of my failures I'd call playing Ikaruga on hard and I recorded myself doing it and I listened to it like the day after first of all the problem was I did it at like two o'clock in the morning okay so I was already like kind of tired and then I was just I listened to it the next day like listening to like myself fail (laughs) and the noises and it was pretty funny the average person will never see that. Only people on my friends list will even <laughs> see that video because it's a little embarrassing. But you know, yeah, like I guess some failures, uh, which are funny, and some successes. So soon, 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 we'll have some stuff out there. Um, but uh, yeah, we're we're done for now. And thanks for listening. We will catch you in Matchcast number nineteen. Adios. See you.